You're listening to Switched On Australia, the podcast that tracks the opportunities and challenges of electrifying everything, everywhere. Switched On is brought to you by the publishers of Renew Economy, Australia's best informed, most read website focusing on the green energy transition and is supported by Boundless Earth, using philanthropy, investment and direct advocacy to help Australia become a global force in a decarbonised world. Hello and welcome to Switched On Australia. I'm Anne Delaney and I'd like to acknowledge that I'm speaking to you from Ruckwell country, part of the Bundjalung Nation in northern New South Wales. One of the major issues facing every country trying to electrify everything and make them energy efficient is the massive size and complexity of the job. Electrifying and upgrading homes owned by people who know what they're doing and have the money to invest is one thing. Scaling up and rolling out energy and electrification upgrades to every house across a whole country is something else. Today, we're going to hear how Ireland is establishing one of the most sophisticated residential energy upgrade ecosystems, perhaps in the world. Ireland has set themselves the task of fully upgrading the energy efficiency of all their homes by 2050. In their last budget, they allocated 8 billion euros. That's about 13.5 billion Australian dollars. And that's to upgrade a quarter of all their homes by 2030. That's 500,000 homes in just six years. It's the highest funding ever allocated to residential energy efficiency. Ireland has a building energy rating scale that goes from A to G, with A being highly energy efficient. But most of Ireland's homes are currently a D or worse. And 80% of energy use in Irish homes is for heating and hot water, which is generated primarily from oil, coal or peat. So they've got a big job ahead of them. But it's not just money the government has allocated. Ireland has already spent several years running pilot energy projects and programs that have become a foundation for scaling up the energy transition. One-stop shops, qualified trades, supply chains, project management, financing and quality assurance. It's got a lot. To tell us more about Ireland's Better Energy Homes program, I'm joined today by Josephine Maguire, who's the coordinator of the program for the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. And I started my discussion with Josephine by asking her why reducing energy use in the residential sector has featured so prominently in Ireland's Climate Action Plan. In Ireland, a quarter of all of our energy use is in the residential sector, and we're one of the highest emitters of energy-related carbon dioxide in the EU. In 2015, for instance, we were 58% more than the average dwelling across the EU. Now, that is due um, to the greater use of higher carbon fuels in Ireland. A lot of our heating is through oil, coal or peat, so the solid fuels. Also, half of our homes are, are D2, or worse on on our building energy rating scale so that goes from a to g so so you can see if you're at d2 or worse you're you're um using quite a lot of energy to heat your home mm, not very efficient <laughs> no not at all yeah so there's there's a big job so how big is is the task of residential upgrades and electrification in Ireland i mean it sounds it sounds pretty big if the if the quality of the housing isn't great yeah, no, it, it certainly is. It's 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 a big task and a bit of a mountain to climb. Uh, 
however we're up for it and and we have a lot of the the building blocks there for it so in ireland we have around two million homes and in our our climate action plan which is set by government we want to upgrade 500,000 homes so a quarter of all of those homes to an energy rating of B2 or better. So that would be a very good energy rating. We also want to install 400,000 heat pumps into those existing homes. And all of this has to happen by 2030. So quite a task, but like I say, quite a lot of the building blocks in place for that task. Mm, And what are those building blocks? So what we've got is a suite of programs in Ireland to help homeowners to upgrade. So a program that will help them uh, get advice uh, on what they need to do in their home. So you can get just a building energy rating, which is a brilliant uh, report, which will tell you the current state of your home and what areas of your home you need to improve walls, the roof, the heating system, the ventilation, whatever you need. Uh, after that, once you've, you've got that done, you can get a full home energy assessment. That home energy assessment will, will build on the building energy rating, but will also give you, a, say, a design for your heating system, for what size of a heat pump, for your, your radiators, for all of those things. It will also give you some quotes for the upgrades that need to be done, and it will then help connect you with the people who can do that upgrade. Um, Once you've made a decision on on what to do, you can contact either a contractor yourself if you're going to self-manage the project. Uh, You can contact the various contractors of our registered contractor list and SEAI registers contractors, and, and you can project manage that project yourself. But if you're doing a larger project, which is more comprehensive, Um, We know from research with consumers that they're a little bit uh, lacking in confidence and and want somebody to help them and advise them on that journey. So we've introduced a concept called the one-stop shop. And those are project managers that can take you from end to end on your project upgrade. So they will take you through the advice, right through getting the contractors, making sure they come in in the right order, that they do a quality job, that... uh, at the end of the project, you as a homeowner are happy. They will also draw down any grants from SEAI that you're entitled to, and they will only charge you for the works net of that grant amount. So really taking you on the full journey. Mm. How long has it taken to to pull together this program? Because it's down, it sounds quite extensive and it's, it's obviously a big project. Yeah. Well, I suppose... It, SEAI has been in existence, we're the National Energy Agency, and we've been in existence since 2002 uh, under Irish legislation to the Irish government. Um, We started off with with a warmer home scheme, and that scheme is for people in fuel poverty. We built on that with what we call... um, better energy homes, which is single measures to say to a homeowner, okay, would you like to do your attic? Would you like to do your walls, cavity wall pump or external wall insulation? Would you like to change out your heating system or put in heating controls? And that was very much the single measures, getting people I suppose, on the journey and making them think about their energy efficiency of their home. And that was very, mm. very successful. But 
then, you know, as we came through 2014 and 2015, we started looking at and talking to people. I can't stress enough how important it is to talk to consumers, uh, do surveys with them, do focus groups, get out there into the community and have conversations with them. And, and we realized at that point that really the consumer, they were happy to do one or two measures themselves, the simple measures that they felt they understood. But when it got to something more complex or comprehensive or technical, then they needed somebody to hold their hand. They needed some advice. So Mm. we started looking at how can we build that in? So we trialed and piloted that for a couple of years and then eventually brought in the one-stop shop concept. At the same time, to make sure we reach out to communities, we have a sustainable energy community program. And this is where communities can register with us as a sustainable community. We will give them advice. We will give them funding to do an energy master plan for their community and to really bring them on the journey to come over to action and then get into our various grant schemes and connect to those to do the actual upgrade projects. And for communities, we have a community energy grant scheme as well that might be, hey, listen, in the community, we've identified, you know, 20 homes in an estate here, but we also want to do the local community hall or the local sports club or even Mm. the local shop or factory. And then you get a community project in place that we will give funding towards as well and advice and and people in the community with, with more I suppose expertise like businesses will also then help residential um, upgrades to happen. And what were the appliances or what were the upgrades that people were starting to find too complicated? What were they balking at where you think that you needed to to come in with the the one-stop shop idea? I suppose... when people were saying, oh, look, I, I know, I understand that I need to, to get my attic upgraded, that was fine. Um, that was a, an easy ask for them. But when you ask people to, to figure out, OK, how do I bring my home up to an energy rating of, for instance, a B2? Well, well, what gets me there? That becomes a little bit more difficult. And, and then when you say to them, well, how about decarbonizing your your heating system and just to be clear that that half of all homes in Ireland are, are heated on oil or coal or solid fuel of some sort people are used to that and understand it but when you say to them well there's a renewable heating system and this is a heat pump and it has a, a mm. coefficient of performance of three it, they become a little bit more concern do they understand that will they have control how will they use that um Mm. so they just need a little bit more hand holding also when you start talking about things like external wall insulation and thermal bridging and the sort of things that that are new to them and they're not so familiar with they want somebody who's perceived as more of an expert who will be there to hold their hand on this so the the one stop shop is obviously really integral to the program. In in terms of what they are offering, how did you come up with the idea of the one stop shop? The one stop shop was was talked about in Europe 
and is still, in fact, being talked about in Europe. Now, it can be in some cases, for instance, in, in Scotland, the one-stop shop tends to be more to give advice to the consumer and then hand them off to to contractors to, to do the works. But in Ireland, because we did research with consumers and we constantly, I can't stress enough how much research we do with them and how much conversations we have with them, we knew that they needed somebody to take them on the journey. So when we looked at the one-stop shop concept, we said, okay, well, what we need to do is take them right from information through to advice, then to actually finding the contractors for the upgrade and finally uh, getting the work done and also interacting with SEAI for grants. So we have what we call a, a consumer decision-making framework. And, and we know that, you know, we, we fall, consumers mm. fall out um, at being aware and engaged. So, you know, the building energy rating helps with that and information campaigns, but then you've got to catch consumers at times when they're making a decision and that's really targeting them at trigger points and and giving them those routes to engagement so it's it's all the time understanding the consumer their journey what are their barriers and challenges and trying to layer that in for them how big an issue is trust for a lot of consumers because certainly here in australia there's a there's there's a lot of distrust of of our utilities, of our energy networks, as a result of privatisation that we've we've had. To a large degree, people don't trust uh, some of the companies be- because of their vested interests, which may not be the consumers' interests. How how did you go about dealing with that issue of trust? Yeah, no, uh, I. I... In Ireland, I don't think we have any huge issues with trust of the the energy suppliers. Uh, it, it, yeah, the retail side has been privatised a number of years ago. Uh, there tend to be large companies, and our our one stop shops aren't necessary energy providers or suppliers of energy. They can be private contractors that are are larger companies that act as the master contractor. Um, They often are energy supplier related. But yeah, I suppose it's at the end of the day, you've got SEAI in in a position with consumers where we give advice. We register these one-stop shops. They go through an application process with us. Uh, We review them. We're also always there on the ground so that if if a consumer has any issues, they can contact us we can come out and, and discuss with the consumer. And in some ways, because it's a registered one-stop shop, I suppose, uh, legislate between the consumer and, and the one-stop shop if there are any issues. But from um, reviews we've done with consumers and feedback we have so far with consumers, they're, they're very happy uh, with the job of work that they get done. Mm. Uh, of course, we have a whole quality assurance um, process in place as well, where we would do desk-based inspections, do on-site inspections. Uh, Because they're registered contractors with us, we make sure they have the proper qualifications, uh, proper insurances in place, and they have a code of practice for how that they sign with us for how they deal with consumers. So all the time we're, um, I suppose, in the middle, ensuring that there's a skilled contractor and, and supply workforce for consumers. And on the other side, 
making sure we're listening to consumers and, and advocating for them and making sure that there's a quality service and product in place for them. How important do you think some of those earlier energy efficiency programs that you've run, like the Warmer Home Scheme, have been to enabling you now to to really scale up with um, further upgrades and also full electrification of homes? Yeah, I mean, it's really important. It's a learning process, isn't it? No matter what you do and, you know, that Warmer Home Scheme uh, helped us figure out what needed to be done in homes as we brought in the the better energy home scheme where we're dealing with with homeowners on a what we call a can pay basis uh, so these are private homeowners who will just get some grants from us and also then uh, pay for some of the upgrade themselves we learn a lot from them and we also learn a lot about uh, how to set up a grant program and all of the the governance around it so registering contractors, uh, a quality assurance regime on those contractors, quality assurance regime on the products being used, um, listening to the consumer and building in the supports that they need. So it's it's certainly, I would say, you know, always try pilots and, and trials. Those are the sand pits that you learn in. You learn what works and what doesn't work. Um, you're also in a, in a safer space with consumers because you're saying to them, okay, we're, we're polishing and trialing this with you. And you're talking to them. You're doing surveys with each and every consumer. You are um, having focus groups with the consumers to see how things work. And again, you're just learning all the time about what matters to consumers. And uh, we actually go down and site visit some of the homes that get upgraded in those uh, pilots and trials just to talk to to the homeowner in the house. And you learn so much from that because no matter what you put in, in a questionnaire or put in a focus group, when you have people sitting around having a cup of tea at a table, they tell <laughs> you things that you wouldn't otherwise find out. Mm, definitely. It does seem that those those pilots and those previous schemes have really created a foundation, which uh, I, I don't think we have in Australia in the same way uh, in order for us to scale up as quickly as possibly what you'll be able to do. Yeah, although, you know, from talking to, to our colleagues in Australia, you have those basic building blocks there, like you you, you have a, an obligation scheme, uh, you have a workforce, um, you have in some states and territories the, the equivalent to the, the building energy rating. So I think it is just building on that. And of course, in Australia, you, you will learn from what other countries have done and what we did well and what we didn't do well. And, and I suppose in some ways leapfrog and, and do things much quicker. Mm. Tell me, how integral are, are government grants for a big transition like this? Very, very important, I would say. Um, in Ireland, we have $8 billion, uh, in government funding between uh, now and 2030 to spend on the residential sector to make sure those 500,000 homes get upgraded and to electrify most of those 500,000 homes. So I would say it's hugely important. We Again, like I say, we do a lot of surveys uh, with people and they always say that the, the grant is very important to, to activate them. Um, it's 
it's necessary, but it's not the only thing necessary for homeowners because they need, as well as the grant, that that advice, um, mm. that skilled and able supply chain. Um, also, you know, you know, you have different types of people that need information campaigns to just put it on their agenda. But finally, as well, you know, if you're asking people to move from doing smaller jobs, um, which we, you know, are the one or two measures that might cost them maybe 5,000 or 8,000 euros. And now you're asking them to move to those those bigger jobs that, you know, if you're moving to to a B2 energy rating, that could cost you 30, 40, 50,000 euros. And yes, SEAI might give you 20,000 of that in grants. You're still dipping into your pocket for 20 or 30,000 euros as a homeowner. Mm. So some homeowners may have the savings for that, but but others don't. So then you've got to consider the affordability aspects of things for homeowners. And you're looking at well, what finance might be available in the market. And, and certainly we've worked with banks and credit unions in Ireland to get some green finance available and there are personal green loans and there are green mortgages available at lower interest rates but actually government have announced and and will shortly launch uh, a home energy upgrade loan scheme right in ireland and this is where government will will support and reduce the interest rate through high street banks and other lenders. So there's a, the European Investment Bank is involved in that to, to give a, a guarantee um, to the, the lenders so that can de-risk um, mm. the loan and bring down the interest rate. On top of that, government is, is adding in a, a first loss piece. So they take 80% of, of first losses um, up to a certain level. And after that, government is also on top of that, supporting and subsidising the reduction of interest rates even further. So uh, that will be a very attractive interest rate that will be available in the market for homeowners to just help them bridge that gap between our grants and the full cost. And will that be zero interest or just very low interest rates? It's lower interest rates, low interest rates that will probably be down around mortgage rates. Right. even though they're personal loans with no asset backing. Right, okay. So so for comparison, you know, uh, um, interest rates in Ireland at the moment could be 8 to 10% on, on personal loans, indeed could be even higher, and mortgage rates are probably in the sort of 4%, 5% rate at the moment. Mm. You, you mentioned that a, a quarter of the houses will be upgraded. What's going to happen by, by 2030? What's going to happen to the rest of them? Well, we, we will still be working up to 2050 um, on homes, but we will have done, we will be concentrating, and, and this is part of the Energy Performance and Building Directive um, recast that comes from Europe and gets translated into Irish legislation, will be looking to concentrate on those most in need of upgrades, so those EFG sort of rated homes, um, and then we'll be moving to the rest of the homes. But quite a lot of homes in Ireland have been built in the last sort of 20 or 30 years and obviously built to better 
energy standards, building standards and building regulations have been improving constantly. So there's quite a cohort of homes that were built uh, in the last um, sort of 10, 20 years that will have quite good better energy ratings. So really it's about concentrating on those worse, but certainly out to 2050, uh, our aim is for all homes to be upgraded and to be reaching near zero, if not zero energy requirements. A major issue here in Australia is is working out ways that renters who make up a third of our households and people in apartment blocks and low income earners, how they can share in the energy efficiency and electrification transition. What, What strategies are being used in Ireland to ensure no one gets left behind? Yeah, so if I take the the apartment buildings first, so historically we wouldn't have had a lot of apartment buildings in Ireland, but again in latter years um, as we move through larger requirements for housing, there have been quite a number of apartment blocks built, so there's probably 200,000 people um, or apartments in Ireland. Um, so we are actually working on on pilots with a number of providers. There's a lot of those apartments might be owned by approved housing bodies or local authorities. So they're social housing stock. So we work with them on the upgrades of their homes. Uh, our Department of Housing would give very large uh, grants to local authorities to upgrade their housing stock. And on our side, we will give quite high grants to approved housing bodies uh, to upgrade their housing stock, much higher than we would give to to private can pay homeowners. So our grants could be in the 40 to 50 percent for for private can pay homeowners. They could be in the 70 to 80 percent for approved housing bodies. And then for for private apartments, uh, we're in conversation again with them to do some pilots because from talking to them, uh, I suppose the the more difficult thing is is the technical solutions to to those buildings, and then the fact that there are common areas that need to be upgraded that you know people aren't living in, and and how do you fund that? Mm. Also, how do you you make sure that you try and support them with with all of the things that go with apartment blocks, the needs for scaffolding, access, wider health and safety requirements around those buildings. So again, we're looking at, well, what kind of supports can we put in place for those? So all of those things will be tested and trialed in our pilots and then with a view to rolling them out as um, full scale programs. Uh, on those in in the rental sector, again, we're working with the sort of the larger landlord groups. We've got the Irish Property Owners Association in Ireland, various other landlord groups. So again, we're we're working with them and saying, well, what are what are the requirements from your side of things? Um, what would you like to see extra that can support you to to upgrade? Um, but there's no doubt the rental sector is is a little bit of a difficult one because of the split incentive issue, which mm. I'm sure you know is around the person who would owns the home yes. and would play for the upgrade wouldn't uh, benefit from the lower bills. I mean, again, there's all sorts of um, European groups that we're involved in, and, and this is a, a nubbly problem across Europe. You know, um, can there be things like green leases? Can there be things like agreements of of sharing of the benefits between the landlords and the tenants. So there's there's lots of interesting models that, again, we'll be looking to, to work on testing and seeing what works best 
for both the tenant and the landlord in that case. Probably as time moves on, uh, there should be minimum energy performance standards for them. So that will be like in the UK, you know, you can't rent your home unless you're an E or better. That will become a D or better or a C or better over time. Ireland will will look to that in time. Do you think mandatory disclosure of a building's energy efficiency would be beneficial in, in, in that regard? Certainly uh, has been very beneficial in Ireland. Um, our building energy rating is is the mandatory disclosure and it has to be there um, for anyone um, putting a home up for sale or rent has to have a building energy rating and disclose it publicly. It has to be available publicly. So um, that's been really important. And um, we find there's been a number of, of uh, research reports by independent uh, entities in Ireland looking at the, the benefit of a better building energy rating of a home. And certainly uh, it gets higher rents and it gets higher sale prices. In fact, just last week, um, there was uh, a report in one of our national newspapers saying that uh, a three-bedroomed home uh, was getting €88,000 higher if it had a better BER rating than a worse BER rating. And that was equivalent to probably a a 20% higher price than um, if it hadn't a good rating. That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is very interesting. So what do you see now as the main impediments to rolling out energy efficiency and electrification in Ireland? What, what are the challenges ahead? I think for us, it, 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 you know, it's constantly looking at the needs of consumers and how to, to nudge people along. So, um, communication, uh, information and understanding are really, really important all the time talking to people like we do research every year, uh, a series of research and and we've talked to people and and they know they have a role to play uh, in decarbonisation in Ireland. They're they're up for the challenge. They, They want to play their role. But what they say is they need support from government in terms of advice and in terms of funding. So that's just getting more advice out there, making it easier for people to get that advice that they need, funding them where they need it. Also bringing the low cost finance. People are really interested in how can I get low cost finance to help me bridge that gap to make that larger upgrade more affordable. It's looking at our workforce. Um, We have a good skilled Mm. workforce, good contractors, but that needs to grow unbelievably uh, you know we have probably about 4000 mm. um workers in the retrofit area that needs to grow to probably four times that amount so we're working with an expert group across government on future skills needs to make sure that you know existing workers who are for instance plumbers get up skills so they know how to install a heat pump but also apprentices in our are that are in training at the moment that retrofit is part of the training experience for them for from our education and training bodies um it's also just making people comfortable with technology that those new technologies that are coming out like heat pumps ventilation uh, people love solar panels um 
So just making that well understood, but also getting the balance right of making sure that with homeowners, it's energy efficiency first, make your home energy efficient so that you don't have a very high energy need. And then looking at that residual need and trying to decarbonize it as much as possible. So what lessons do you think Ireland's experience has for Australia embarking on an energy efficiency and electrification journey? I think it's getting the building blocks right. Uh, And the first thing is to, to listen to people, talk to homeowners, find out what their needs are, what their challenges are, what their barriers are, how can you solve them? And really that's design thinking, uh, by any other name, you know, figuring out what the needs are and, and creating something that they need. After that, it's it's about having a skilled workforce, having funding in place, having the proper governance and quality in place in, in terms of a quality assurance regime. So people trust and have confidence that when they get these measures installed, that there is somebody making sure that it is a quality job. Um, and that's enabling the workforce to to be skilled. Then it's it's having some independent measurement of a home that you can say, well, it used to be this energy efficient and now it's that energy efficient. So something like our building energy rating scheme. And then I, I, I know you have the obligation uh, scheme on energy suppliers. So it's making sure that they're in there and involved. And, and um, in Ireland, that means that they they put work and money on the table for householders to help them upgrade. So they're involved in in helping them get advice, helping them get the upgrade, uh, helping them ensure that upgrade is a good quality upgrade, but also some funding towards the cost of that upgrade. Sounds like Australia needs a sustainable energy authority like you do in Ireland. Yeah, I do think it's important that that somebody, some entity is is put in place because we're the National Energy Agency, but we're not. We're also being um, given the national retrofit delivery body role as well. So we're in charge of of doing this. So before that, it might have been across various different entities, and when that happens, there's always there's always going to be gaps in in what you deliver and in your knowledge. Whereas if it's all in one place, well, then all the suite of measures get identified, get created and get delivered. Indeed. Josephine Maguire, thank you so much for joining the Switched On podcast today. Not at all. Delighted to have been here and and, uh, I'll be watching with interest the Australian move towards energy efficiency in their homes. And Josephine Maguire is the coordinator of the Better Energy Homes program run by the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. Josephine will also be in Australia soon, speaking at the Residential Energy Performance Summit run by the Energy Efficiency Council in Melbourne. That's on the 21st of November. And you can find more information about that day-long summit on the EEC's website. I'll put a link to it on the Switched On website. That's it for this week. Join me next time when we dive into the opportunities and challenges of electrifying everything, everywhere. I'm Anne Delaney. Till then.